Welcome, cats, kittens, boys, and girls. It's your boy Rob Lee here from MTRTheNetwork.com, Mastermind Teams Robcast, unofficially black and noted Baltimorean, quasi-creative Baltimorean. And this is this is an experiment, if you will. And Science. <laughs> my 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 guest tonight is DJ. James. Can I put motherfucker on there? Yeah. James motherfucking nasty. You mean Dr. Nasty? Dr. Nasty. I like that actually. Mr. Nasty if you're nasty? Is that what Janet Jackson? You know what? Something like that. Yeah, spin it. So, (laughs) and and thank you for coming actually. Thank you for having me. Because it's, people don't like doing shit in Baltimore. I don't say that much. It's like, eh, you know. That's eh. why they're all broke. True. You get it. You get it. You, you, you get it. Damn, was that too much already? We're done here. So <laughs> <laughs> I pull the microphone out of this and just drop it and walk out? Just throw the mic. <laughs> but yeah, um, one of the things that, and one of the reasons why I got involved in, in podcasting as we talked a little bit um, before I put on the mics, uh, is that you know I've been doing this for a minute. And I want to kind of dispel this idea that Baltimore is just, just the shit you see. Like I follow certain Instagram groups now, and it's like, mm. this is sus. I was like, I've never left here. I've not been a part of this scene, and I like to focus on some of that creative stuff. Like we have a diverse, weird fucking city with weirdos in it. I, those are the people I want to be around. Yeah. And I've been following you for a while, sir, Uh-oh. from the peripheral, Uh-oh. and I was just like, all right. Yeah, I'm a weird dude. I fucked with this James Nasty yeah. guy. I remember I saw like I was at like I think I was getting tacos one day and I saw like the sticker on the pole right there and like uh, Holy Frijoles and I was like oh, yeah. I know that guy I know oh, of yeah. that guy oh, I need yeah. to meet this dude that's my spot I spend a lot of time there these days good shit good shit yeah so one of the things I wanted to bring you on for is kind of in part helping to dispel that idea and kind of get an idea of what a day in the life for you looks like sir I okay. know there's sauce involved I know that there's just all types of flavors, all t- all sorts of shit. Yeah. So give us give us the rundown. What's the that that morning look like? You getting up at like noon? You getting up at one? What are you, what are you doing? Getting up at six? Mm. Um. I would say currently I get up at about eight eight a.m. Okay. I don't sleep very much now. I go to bed like four or five o'clock. Oh shit. I like to catch that like. Well, I go out pretty much every night, but there's like this like golden space between like 2 and like 4 or 5 a.m. Okay. Where like your phone is real quiet because everyone else is asleep. Yeah. But you can catch this like really good like wave of like solitude and creativity yeah. for about 2 to 5 a.m. Huh. So like depending on what level of inebriation or what state of <laughs> mind you're in when you come home at 2. Yeah. You can grab, you know, I'll grab my MacBook and like open up Ableton or open up whatever and yeah. just like see what comes out for a couple hours and go to sleep. I get up about 8 o'clock between like 8 and 9. I dig that. <clears throat> I do the one thing that I know yeah. I shouldn't do that everyone shouldn't do is like roll over grab your phone off the <laughs> nightstand and just like let me check my mentions real quick and all your social <laughs> media check your texts check your emails and all this stuff and yeah. then I'll spend some days I'll spend like an hour just like in bed, wide awake, just like a- answering emails, sending texts, like planning out some social media posts for the day. Yeah. I think it's kind of cool to be like, yo, I get to work from my bed sometimes. But also it's like you probably should have got out of bed and drank some water, like maybe meditated or done something yeah. like good with your body and like started your day off like on a better note than just like, oh, I'm laying in bed answering emails. I mean, sometimes like I, I get up. I get up at like super fucking early. Oh man, I've never been that person. I mean, like, so I, I, like I have a desk job, like in the real life, and to fund the dream life, if you yeah, will. Yeah. And it's like, all right, I'm sitting on my ass all day. Let me go on this bike for a while. Let me do some cardio. Let me do something. Let me play video games. I try to do that type mm-hmm. of balance, and it stimulates my mind. I get there, and it's like, all right, I'm prepared for the bullshit. Whatever the bullshit is going to be, the bullshit right. du jour, and, but that idea of I think in a creative space right like if I'm able from from what I do if I'm able to have that kind of quiet period that 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 time usually if I'm fucking smoking weed or something and Mm -hmm. I'm like just out of my fucking head and it's like 
you know what? This is wild, irresponsible. Where's that MacBook? I need to edit something. I need to work on my website. I need to think of like some social media posts or something. No one's adding me. No one's mentioning me, but still, I need to be aware of what's yeah. going on around me. Yeah. Um. So moving through the day, like, are you like a breakfast guy? Do you you kind of get like, what does that look like? Does is that even play a role in like what you do on a day to day? Like, yo, I need to have breakfast? bacon and eggs, my guy. I mean, I don't eat bacon. I don't eat pork. Okay, fair. First of all, smart man. Just so everyone knows, I mean, everything. Everyone that knows me knows, like, yo, I just hard. Like, that's a hard pass on anything pork related. I strive to be a vegan or like vegetarian. Like, eat mostly plant based. Sure. But I like to experience life. So, like, if I'm somewhere and someone puts this like nice chicken dish in front of me, I'm gonna eat it. As, as well, you should. I'm gonna eat it. Yeah. I'm t- we're all gonna die soon, so you might as well experience <laughs> life. I guess everyone listening doesn't know like why we're laughing at that inside joke. Y'all missed that moment. It's, it's gonna be a t-shirt soon. Yeah. We'll start wearing it. It's gonna wear it to the live show. We're all gonna die soon. We're it's all like, gonna die soon. Is this a mass execution? Maybe. Damn, maybe I should name my album that. We're all gonna die soon. <laughs> Liner notes. Uh, <laughs> uh, what was the question? Oh, breakfast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we just kind of continue in the morning routine. I did, I guess too. It might just be coffee, you know, or whatever. I definitely don't like coffee. Really? I've never been a caffeine person. Okay. I just never got into it, so, nah. Mm. I guess I'm just, like, super sensitive to because my body's never had to deal with a lot of coffee or caffeine. Like, if yeah. I had, like, a cup of coffee, I'd be spinning in circles running down the street. <laughs> like, oh, my God, my heart. So, nah. Um, if I've been responsible and I go to the grocery store and I have groceries, I might wake up and, like, eat some fruit okay. in the morning. If not, usually at some point in my, like, working from bed on my phone, I'll start <laughs> texting people like, yo, do you want to get lunch? Do you want to get lunch? Do you want to get lunch? Do you want to go for a hike? Do you want to get lunch? It's like, those are my daytime priorities. Yeah. Like, if I don't have a studio session or I have, don't have to, like, go make sauce at the kitchen, like, if I don't have, like, an obligation where I have to be somewhere, yeah. my priority is, like, who wants to eat lunch or who wants to go hiking <laughs> or who wants to go to the pool if it's summertime, like, those are my okay. daytime priorities if I don't have to be anywhere. Because most of what I do is, like, my iPhone is my office. I dig it. So I could be sitting in the middle of the woods responding to an email, <laughs> trying to, like, broker some deal to get my song in a TV show. And my oh, friend's God. like, how the fuck do you pull this shit off? Like, I mean, that's use, what I'm use thinking. Use your tools, yeah. <laughs> use your tools. Um, So... Let me ask this in a different way. Because I said it was going to come out very hokey. It's okay. like, so why, why like DJing? That's stupid. But I, it, it's kind of in that same vein, though. What like creative outlets do you spend your mo- most of your time in? And why mm. or what would you say got you into it? Ooh, this is a good one. So I had to make it sound better. <laughs> <laughs> um, When I finally decided that I wanted to embrace DJing and pursue it, it was like out of the frustration of like being in bands and like working with other people that maybe weren't as like business oriented or as focused on the band. It was like some guys that just wanted to get high and wanted to play shows so they can meet women. Or like I spent a lot of time like engineering in a studio and producing. I had a lot of guys coming in with like drug money mm-hmm. that wanted to make a mixtape and they wanted to live that whole like MTV BET dream of like I'm in the studio, yeah. I got bitches, I got Henny, we got blunts, all this stuff. And I'm sitting there like, yo, you guys got five hours of studio time. You spent <laughs> those first two and a half hours getting fucked up. Like, y'all really think you're going to get a bunch done? Like, Yo. what you see on TV, like, that's not real life. In real life, people will show up with, like, their verses already written and ready to go, and they go straight to the booth, and we make the most out of these five hours. Like, time is money. So it was just, like, the frustration of, like, trying to explore these other avenues of the music business where, like, I had to rely on other people. And then, like, I chose DJing and, like, making club music. So I was like, I can do all this on my own. Absolutely. On my own. I don't have to really. The initial stages of building this, I can do on my own. I um, 
I didn't want to be a DJ. My father was a DJ before I existed. Okay. Before, what is it saying? When I was just a twinkle in his eye yes. or whatever? Yeah, yeah. He was a DJ. He was like, I don't know what he did really. But, uh, so I said, I think you don't want to do that thing your fucking father did. True. So, like, I had a friend, I had a producing partner at the time, and he was getting into it. He, like, bought turntables. I mean, we lived in a house where we would just, like, make beats all day and smoke weed and not do anything with our lives. Sounds like a great life, actually. <laughs> I hope beats weed life. <laughs> I hope he doesn't hear this because he might be like, yo, that was the best time of my life. It's transformative. And I was just like, yeah. We should be doing more than this. But anyways, he finally... I finally let him show me how to use the turntables just so he would stop asking me. It's like two or three months had went by and I'm like trying to work on all these beats and trying to send these beats to like Dr. Dre. I was doing this whole thing trying to like become the next like Neptunes or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. And uh, he finally got me to try it one day. I was like, all right, if I do this this one time, you'll leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> Wait, can I curse on you? Absolutely. Cool? All right, just making sure. Yeah. I was like, if you, I'll leave, if you leave me the fuck alone, yeah. I'll try this this one time. And I stood up, and he's like, all right, put your hand on the record. I put my hand on the record and on the mixer. I was like, Wait a minute. <laughs> I see hands moving. Oh, fuck. This feels right. This feels right. Love it. <laughs> and if you're listening, I want you to imagine, like, the ancestors, like, all like, Aah. As, like, like I had that moment that was, like, this formative moment. It's like, you were meant to do this, my child. You've been chosen. You've been chosen. You've been denying your de destiny for all these years. That's good shit. So, yeah, that's, like, kind of how it all came together. And then, like, that guy I was a partner with, he got us a, a gig DJing some party for, like, University of Maryland cheerleaders, the dance team or something. It was, like, a fundraiser. And we're playing this party, and it's just drunk college women everywhere dancing. They were, like, professional dancers, basically. And I was like, wow, this is powerful. Yeah. Like, I play a song, and all these women are just like, oh, my God. I was like, oh, shit. The power is in my face. Yeah. I was like, damn. This is so powerful. <laughs> like a drug. Like, here I am, like, what, 10 years later? And it's still the same thing. I'm just like, I'm going to show up to this place. I'm going to play this song. These white women are going to start screaming. <laughs> I'm going to get paid a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're, they're getting busy back there. Oh, they're okay, prepping. Cool. cool. Yeah, I guess you can edit that out. Yeah, it's all good. So, it, yeah, that's pretty much what it was. It's just like, you have power to just, like, influence a room full of people when yeah. you play a song that's like I, frivolously <clears throat> you said 10 years right it's, it's probably been more than that i guess from that initial party mm -hmm. to now we're talking 13 years i think it was like 2006 okay like i i jokingly talk about that 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 would be that moment like i feel like i'm gonna be one of those old head rappers that's just like super pissed off that like Young dudes, man, they succeeding. I feel like I'll be one of those guys, but in the podcast space. And I always joke about, like, man, I can't wait until podcast is like rock stars. So I can walk around popping bottles and shit. <laughs> and it's, it's a weird visual, right? Right. <laughs> and I, literally, I've, I've been like, on. Hey, baby, listen to my podcast. Yeah, baby, it's not my mom's basement anymore. <laughs> I've literally threatened other podcasters in a, in a super frivolous, facetious way. But it's like, yeah, for, here for all that podcast smoke. It's like, yo, what? Are there podcast beefs? There's always some beef. Can we start a new one? We should. Who's What's another Baltimore podcast that we don't fuck with? <laughs> oh, there's a whole network. There's a whole network? Fuck. I'm trying to think, yeah. do I know anyone that has a podcast that I don't fuck with? <laughs> so I can air them out. I got a lot of secrets on a lot of people on this. Because I'm all about it. I'm all about being messy. <laughs> messy in the podcast, maybe. Who's got a podcast? I got nothing. But all right. so, in in that space, what else outside of DJing? Right. Let, let's let's converge into sauce. Let's converge into the sauce, let's like man. Converge into the sauce. Like, what got you into sauce, man? I'm saying it like it's illegal. What got you into the sauce, what baby? Got the sauce. Peer pressure. Um, gateway drug. Gateway, gateway drug. condiment. Gateway condiment. <laughs> you ever injected mayonnaise straight into your veins? No, man. I'm to try. Fuck. Man. I wish I could have said anything but mayonnaise in that moment. It's like, no, I don't uh, fuck with mayonnaise that heavy. Um, mustard? 
Mustard. Ooh. Mustard's a little spicy too. I have a good I have a good friend of mine who was legitimately terrified of mustard for a while. Wow. She was like scared. I used to like take mustard packets and just put mustard in my oh. mouth and pull up on her and be like, hey, tap her on the shoulder and just be like, and like spit mustard out. And she's like, ah. <laughs> Going back to the mayonnaise thing, I just I just see like Hellman's brand heroin or Heinz heroin. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah, that's, that's good shit. I mean, <laughs> I mean, all of the it's a lot of H's in the condiment world, like yeah. hunts. Yeah, yeah. Crafts ketamine. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got into sauce. I was living with. Um, I moved into a house with some kids they're adults that are i guess they were like both hopkins grads or something similar they were like the doctory hopkinsy sciencey type resident life very intelligent human beings and uh they'd had like a csa membership okay it was a couple but uh the man in the couple didn't drive he didn't have a u.s driver's license okay so i would drive him every week to go pick up their csa share mm-hmm the place we went, there was, like, certain guaranteed things, and there were certain, like, extra, like, everyone had an option to pick certain things. Okay. We go one week, and there's just, like, a bunch of ha- 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 habanero peppers. Okay. And, you know, I've always liked hot sauce. I've always liked spicy things. I've always been that guy where it's, like, we're at a party or a gathering of people, yeah. and someone's like, I got this really hot shit. Who's going to try it? I'm like, I'll do it. Uh-huh. Bring it on. I'm not scared. Yeah. And I was like, yo, let's get these habanero peppers. I was like, what are we doing? And he was like, dude, you should make hot sauce. I was like, okay, how do you make hot sauce? He's like, I'll show you. So we get the peppers and we get home. And he starts talking about like fermentation and all this yeah. stuff. And I was like, uh, <laughs> what does this mean? And he explains the whole process of fermentation to me. We like blend up all the peppers and we, you know, measure the right amount of salt. We're putting it in a jar and he's like dip your finger in it i was like Psh. he's like you have lactic bacteria like all over your body so like we're putting we're getting more lactic bacteria from your finger like that's the culture that's going to inoculate this and start okay. the fermentation process interesting i was like holy shit so i'm like putting real pieces of myself into this hot sauce he was like yeah and that was it i was just so fascinated by like the whole science of it all. Like, yeah. every day i'd wake up and like check the sauce and like smell it and tasting it and just like getting involved in like yeah. just like becoming one with this like jar of hot sauce because it had pieces of me in it in yeah. my mind and I'm putting the whole process like yeah. on Instagram like I'm putting on my Instagram story because like for three days I was just fascinated with this one jar of yeah. blended up peppers. I was following that by the way. Yeah. I was just like. Tell me, tell me more, like, wizard. What, what is this guy doing? Why aren't you making music? But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, people are like, oh, my God, I want to try this. I want to try this. And, uh, and, of course, like, that part of my brain that wants to buy a yacht one day was like, James, you should sell this. You should sell hot sauce. You should sell hot sauce. <laughs> it's like the little dude on your shoulder with like the fur coat like ayo sell that shit <laughs> it'd be amazing like, uh, you're, when you're right you're right right so then I just started looking into like how do I turn one random jar of sauce into like bigger batches and just then it just became a matter of like finding money and investing investing the money and like just doing it I dig it uh Damn, I had another joke somewhere along the line that had to do with this, and I lost it because I got I started listening to the little dude on my shoulder. <laughs> Fuck. Um. <laughs> I mean, I I like I like the idea that it seems like you're you're a dude. Sorry, go ahead. To justify it, because I was like, you know, I went to college for computer science, basically, or like IT, like information systems. Sure. But I took a lot of like accounting classes and economics classes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I've always sort of like, one of the things that I learned that stuck with me was the concept of like an opportunity cost. Yeah. So I was like, I have this whole very successful music career. Mm-hmm. Why take time away from that to make and sell hot sauce? 
But then I was like, you know what? Like, one of the big revenue streams that you have as a musician is merchandise. Yeah. But I've never been the guy to be like, I'm going to make James Nasty t-shirts. Like, buy a shirt with my face on it or my logo. Like, I don't want to sell t-shirts to people. Seems hokey a little bit. Yeah, yeah. That's not me. Or, like, headbands or, like, a towel. Like, nah. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to find a way to ultimately make this hot sauce my sort of artist merchandise. So that's how I justify, like, allocating time in my day to, like, build this whole sauce company on the side. I, I, I like everything yeah. I just heard right there. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's weird and it's not, like, something you see. Yeah. It's not like, oh, yeah, get, like, the only person that I know that has a sauce, like, this is my branded sauce, it's in the wrestling vein. I'm a big wrestling fan. And it's like Jim Ross has, like, JR's hot, like, barbecue sauce and shit. Ooh. And it's just like, yo, I know that shit is good. Like, mm. Oklahoma, I know that shit is good. Mm. But I don't know him as a sauce guy. I know him as an announcer in wrestling. And just, if he went out there and did, like, some type of press junket, he said, yeah, I'm not selling T-shirts with my fucking face on it or an Oklahoma Sooners logo because he'd likely be sued, but he can sell JR's barbecue sauce. He can sauce. sell barbecue sauce. And that's that's dope to me. Everybody likes fucking sauce. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of sauce, you know, I'm... I'm you, you would have to imagine this question was going to come up. Okay. Outside of your sauce, what do you put on your burrito? Ooh. ooh. Now, I can, I can, I had parameters around it initially, but I'll, I'll leave it to you. I'll give you, like, the blanket answer, and then we can go into the different parameters. Okay. Aside from my sauce. Also, what's the name of your sauce? Put it out there. Uh, I guess the name of my company is the Jones Falls Sauce Company. Ding, 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 plugs. Ding, ding, plugs, yeah. I just collaborated with the Secret Sauce Company. They were up the street recently? They yes. make ketchup, and we collaborated on a hot sauce that's been available for the last week. Um, I have a list of stores people can go buy. At the end of the podcast, would you like to plug, like, hey, go to this place and Absolutely. buy some sauce. Um, so I collaborated on a sauce with them recently. Right now, I think my, my go-to for a burrito is... Um, El Yucateco has a. Who's gonna be something out of this one? El Yucateco. <laughs> uh-huh. They have like a black label reserve, and it's like literally a black. <laughs> what? It's a black hot sauce, and it's like because they just grab the habaneros and they just smoke the shit out of them, and they ferment them, and they blend it up, and it's so good because it's like hot, salty. It's got that like habanero, like fruity, like yeah. savory shit going on. And it's like really smoky. It's just like, oh, fuck. Ah, ah, ah. Oh my God. I dig it. I put it on my burritos. I don't know how many people are listening are like big drinkers like I am, but like if you like tequila, there's this thing called a prairie fire. Okay. Where you put like a couple drops of hot sauce in your shot tequila. Uh-huh. And since it's denser, it'll like sink to the bottom of the shot. So you take the shot of tequila and you uh-huh. get like a nice little, uh-huh. little afterthought of, of hot sauce. I need to go drink, drinking with James Ness. Yeah, you should. I hope you're ready for that. Yeah. I hope my, my liver's ready. <laughs> Holy shit. So, El Yucateco Black Label Reserve. Where can you find that? Because I need to get familiar. I haven't seen, like, black shit that's, like, I've not seen before. It's like, you know what? That's not squid ink. Let me let me spin this. Let me try this. Right, right. Um, I'm pretty sure you can find it on Amazon. You can buy anything on Amazon these okay. days. There, yeah. It's not one of their more widely distributed sauces. So if you see like an El Yucateco sauce at the store, you probably won't see that one. You'll either see like the regular red or the green one. Okay. Um, they have it at Holy for Holies. That's one of their All right. sauces they have at the bar. Um, I DJ there on Sunday night from now until Labor Day. I've been doing a pop-up party there all summer. So come in on Sunday night to Holy for Holies in Hamden and get yourself dinner. Kitchen closes at 10. Dance party starts at 10, so you can eat all that food and we can dance it all off and burn all those calories and you can go to a Monday morning. Pull up. Yeah. <laughs> Let me hit you with the parameters then, right? You, right you, I'm ready. Now, I'm ready. this is not a burrito, though. Okay. So, kind of getting this vibe that you're tangential to Baltimore. You're a little outside of Baltimore, right? Like, where you came from before you moved here in, what, 99 or whatever. Yeah, I grew up in, like, PG County, like, like right on like the PG County, like Northeast DC yeah. line, like back and forth in the two from my parents' house and my grandparents' house. That's why I'm happy about my question. So, now. Yeah. 
So you're gonna ask me about mumbo sauce. You goddamn right, I'm gonna ask you. Oh, damn it. So this is gonna happen. Uh, yeah, here's your options. Uh, it's like what, like wings, right? Like remember, like the what is it, the hot ones challenge, that yes. fucking thing. I want to do that so bad. Now, here's your three options, and what are you gonna go with? Here? All right. You have sriracha, Ugh. like just regular standard, no frills. The or, red rooster one. Yeah, yeah the horseshit. Louisiana hot sauce. Oh, mama sauce. <laughs> Louisiana. This this guy gets it. Louisiana. Get that it. is. I mean, the bottle says the perfect hot sauce because. <laughs> They're telling the truth. I wish, <laughs> I wish it was a little hotter. Mm-hmm. But like whatever they do, like it's just cayenne peppers, salt, and vinegar. Yeah. Like it's real simple. Whatever they do, wherever these peppers are coming from, and however long they ferment them, and the vinegar, like whatever. Like <sighs> that was the one of the first foods I actually had. Uh, I used to suck my thumb as a kid, and my parents, of course, put hot sauce on your thumb. And I loved it. I was like, give me more. It's like, why is the boy like Louisiana hot sauce so much? Oh, my God. Um, Was it this year? Wait, what year is this? No, it was the beginning of, fuck. Oh, no. (laughs) So blurry. I think it was last year. Yeah, it was last year. Mm -hmm. I would say February of 2018. All my close friends remember this because I was such a fucking terrible person to be around. (laughs) I gave myself like a stomach ulcer or something. Oh shit. I like wrecked my stomach and like my intestines, like yeah. and like the gut bacteria bounce. Cause I was brewing this big batch of hot sauce. Uh-huh. And I'd also just been like buying a bunch of different sauces for like market research or whatever. Absolutely. And like the Louisiana, well, that was one of them. And I'd wake up in the morning like super excited to like get into hot sauce life. And I would run down the stairs like a kid do, on do, do, Christmas do, 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 do. morning. And I'd go into the kitchen. I'd pop the lid off the big-ass bucket of hot sauce that had been fermenting. I'd grab a spoon, and I would taste it. Like, okay. And then I was tasting all the other sauces I'd bought. And, like, I wasn't eating breakfast. I was just eating, <laughs> just eating, all, this, eating all this hot sauce on an empty stomach. Jesus. And after, like, a week or so of that, or however many it was, like, anytime I ate solid food, I was just like, oh, no. Oh no! And this might be too graphic, but like I had like two to three weeks where I didn't have like a solid poop. Oh god! And like as soon as I ate, just everything I ate was just going right through me. Like everything was just bad. It was just turmoil. That's it's not great. But uh, it's a little loose. Yeah, I mean, as it were. I remember reading that like capsaicin, like what makes hot sauce and the peppers hot, like it is addicting. And I was like legitimately addicted to it. Cause I would grab that bottle of Louisiana sometimes, just like <laughs> free base in Louisiana, just like just putting like hot sauce straight in my mouth, or like I've been known to just take like a shot of hot sauce just like at a party to flex, wow. like a weird flex, just like how hot is that? I don't care. Just put it in a shot glass. Watch this. <laughs> wow. I mean, I like to live life. I guess. I I, I mean, I can't I can't knock it. I can't yeah. knock it. I mean, it's a it's a good approach to it's life. A good approach. Uh, I think we're I, all gonna die soon, so like, <laughs> <laughs> who was, cares about what our bodies gonna be like in thirty years? I'm not gonna make it that long. It's all right. It was this thing I was saying, Shout like out to climate change. <laughs> it was this thing I was saying recently. I was like, "Yo, death is for the living." It was like, right, "What?" Right. <laughs> I was like, "But it's true." Right. The uh, baby boomers have trashed the planet. Absolutely. Fuck your 401k. Facts. <laughs> Live your life now. We probably got like five to ten years left. Yeah, it's just like I had this this running bit. Like it's almost that Orson Welles thing. It's just like, mm-hmm. eh, you fuckers are gonna miss me when I'm gone because it's like I'm I'm tangential to so many people's shit, mm-hmm. and it's just like I'm like that silent dude that no one sees despite my size. It's like, oh, that's that monster that helps you with this. Like, who is this? <laughs> who is this guy? And it's just like, yo, when I'm gone, it's gonna be a lot of shit crumbling. Right. Um, but but going going back into. That that artisty kind of kind of vibe, right? So, you, you mentioned some of the the things in like the music business and like I guess what your experience was early on. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of motherfuckers think they should be getting in the music business, and don't. It's stupid. And you you mentioned also the the piece about being involved with people who may not be the most business yeah. savvy. Yeah. So one idea that I was coming coming up with and kind of kind of ruminating on and maybe you can expound on i don't know because you're in the business uh 
I think creatives need to be almost in a pen pal kind of paired up kind of way. Someone that has an interest in that area, but they're solidly a business person, solidly a management person, a person that can keep a schedule together for a motherfucker. I'm so passionate about this. The music business has always been very predatory. The people that understand the business that are usually the managers or the booking agents or the record label executives, they usually seek out someone who's talented and completely unaware of the business side of things. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many different revenue streams and there's so many different ways that someone can make money off of your art. Yeah. You know. Someone who's art, they're just like, I just want to perform for people and be like, <clears throat> how real can I get? <laughs> you get very real. All right. The mind of someone who's an artist and performs, like, you want you want that ego stroke. You want that mm-hmm. ego stroke of a room full of people dancing or singing your lyrics back to you. Yeah. And there's like, it's a high. You know, it's a feeling that you can't get anywhere else in life. And some people, more than others, are very susceptible too willing to settle for any kind of money as long as their basic needs are taken care of, mm-hmm. as long as they're allowed to continue to do that and they have people in their corner to help facilitate that. Yeah. You have, and this isn't just the music business, I think just like the world of art as a whole. Like you mm-hmm. have a lot of art schools that, based on what I know, aren't preparing artists <laughs> to be functioning business people. True. Um, one of my good friends, that I was just hanging out with. She's going to school to be like, she's getting her doctorate in like acupuncture or something. Yeah. But like as part of the program, there's like a four, there's a series of four courses Mm -hmm. that are like business development where they've like, the first one is like writing your business plan and like coming up with your company logo. Yeah. And like writing about like your ideal client, you know, and then, setting up your social media and going through the incorporation paperwork and all this stuff. So when she's done with this program, she's going to already have learned all the things she needs to do to actually take the skill of being an acupuncturist and turning it into a business. Yes. I didn't go to art school. I went to UMBC and studied computers and Mm -hmm. business shit. But based on the conversations I've had from people I know that went to MICA, it doesn't seem like that university really prepares them mm-hmm. to monetize their art and their talent when they're done at the school there. Like, I, I wished that, that there was that kind of convergence. Like, I went to, to Morgan and mm-hmm. did the whole business school thing and yeah. did really well, scholarship, all of that good shit. And I, I, I guess because I kind of go to the beat of my own drum, I kind of started realizing, like, oh, y'all don't like this. Mm-hmm. Oh, like yeah. I was securing my own jobs and all of that mm-hmm. shit upon graduation. I had shit lined up. People in Baltimore don't like contracts. And the shit that was wild about it was like, it was so many roadblocks. They threatened to take my scholarship uh, senior year <laughs> of all time because I secured a nice paying job with like Verizon and shit. So. I already had like that right there, like this whole structured like, it, it adapting in a Borg-like way to the culture, right? Uh-huh. And when I got there at Verizon, I was there for like two years. I was making good money. And I was happy from that standpoint because I was told, based on this, you know, whole plan that was put forth at, you know, business school and all of that, I was feeling like creatively like stifled. I was like, I got nothing going on here. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting down with the group of friends it was like a birthday i think it was turning 24 at 24 i washed burnt out like i don't give a fuck about this money it's literally what i said at my dinner girlfriend at the time she's like are you are you crazy this is great money i was like eh, i don't give a shit about this i was like i just want a microphone and i just want the people that i dig talking to that i admire their opinions i want to sit there and have a conversation with them and i think we can have some interesting conversations some funny conversations some insightful conversations and that's what this my whole podcast came out of. Yeah. And it's just this pure like like all the business shit. Sometimes I'm like, I went to school for this shit. I don't remember any of this shit. Some of the marketing shit is there. But I've been so focused in a kind of a creative space and trying to just be a brand. 
but be like authentic in that way right, like, and right. try to try to sell that area and going back to like one of the things I said like early on that I wanted to kind of touch on was um, a while back I did some uh, consulting at um, fuck it's a place uh, uh, Douglas and they were setting up like a radio situation they were setting up a studio there like a full gamut and you know kind of the thing you touched on like Baltimore like contracts we, people don't it's like not cool we just don't it's we, not cool to be You have that whole world of like affluent white kids from other parts of the country that come here to go to Micah. Mm-hmm. And like it's kind of cool for them to pretend mm-hmm. that they're broke and pretend like none of this shit matters. And like this like weird sort of like, just art, man. Just living it, man. I don't. I shouldn't have said that because I might be alienating some fans for shitting on them. But whatever. whatever. Yeah. I mean, um, authenticity. Man. That's what yeah, we're yeah, we throwing out me. here. You know. Um. A club track with that in there would be amazing. <laughs> I'm gonna sample the shit out of this podcast. <laughs> I'm just letting you know right now. I'm about all of it. <laughs> um. So I think that sort of has set this precedent, like for like the bigger part of like music culture in this town like centered around Station North where it's not cool to really be about your business Mm -hmm. it's not cool to like be industry or be mainstream I guess not mainstream because we're still just Baltimore like just be industry like there have been times where I've had conversations with like younger black musicians and like talking about like revenue streams like ugh you're so industry I was like, yeah, I'm so industry, but you know how I pay my rent every month? Yep. Making music, you know? Yeah. It's it's, it's that. It's like, I don't have a day job. I haven't had a day job since 2012. My man. There's probably not a lot of people in this town who say that they're supporting themselves on music and art alone. And you, you one of the, the best pieces of advice I got from, like, a dude I went to school with. I can't call mm-hmm. him a mentor, but it was a mentor kind of conversation. He was just like... You got to be your biggest fan. He's like, whatever yeah. that means to you. He's like, you have to be like a, an evangelist for yourself. Kanye and I was like, West I'm sweating right that. now. <laughs> Kanye West taught me that. And and it's it's real Absolutely. it's real shit. And like like I I'm very aware of what I do. Mm-hmm. I do a hokey podcast. However, in that podcast, I started doing a comic board. I have an idea that I had in a podcast. Started doing film stuff. Started doing a little bit here, a little bit there, writing all of that different shit, and getting picked up by media outlets. Just being yeah. me just being you right and people think it has to be this this thing where you're being discovered and all of this different shit and it's just like nah, nah just be on your shit and yeah. be prepared when that call comes if you're at least in my, my estimation if you kind of have this fly by night your shit's not really sorted out you don't have any idea what the structure looks like you're gonna get fucked over you're gonna get fucked over people are gonna take advantage of you people are just going to skip over like I don't want to work at him like why do I want to help this person make money yeah like one of the one of the things that I believe when I bring on a guest in any capacity like we're recording here I got my own I, like I bought a house with the sheer focus of having Damn, my congratulations well thank you it's just not easy no <laughs> <laughs> having like one of my bedrooms I converted into a studio so it also serves as my office mm-hmm. and if I have someone come over there and we do a session I, I've recorded with people who just believe as the host that they can show up late. And I was like, no, have your fucking ass there early. And it's just like, why are you so out of shape? I was like, because it's a fucking thing. It's a fucking this business. business. If you if if I strolled in here <laughs> after you did, you're like, the fuck is this dude about? It's like, you invited me here, right? I probably wouldn't have been too upset. I'm like, all right, I guess it's just one of those like, it's like rock and roll lifestyle podcast. Let's do this. But it, but not everyone has that but same mindset. Has yeah. that, right. Um. So, so yeah. Uh, that was one of the one of the things that I did. Um, with uh, Douglas was we they put the studio there. They wanted to have like a lot of the kids come there, like kids in the area, because it's a litany of bullshit you could be doing in Baltimore. Totally. And it's just like, yo, they want to see somebody that looks like them that's able to run this stuff. 
So I was like, I know how to edit. I know how to do a bunch of different shit. I'm all self-taught. And whatever I don't know, I just learn. But it's a lot of knowledge accrued over mm-hmm. this time. And I was like, this is a good look. Because I was like, I don't like the influx of just jerk asses with mics thinking that they're podcasters or whatever. But if someone wants to get into that area and they just aren't, yeah, I'm going to rap over this beat. Someone's going to make the beat. Someone's going to do this. Someone's going to do that. It's just like the more that you can do, you're being more of a, I think, a fleshed out talent, fleshed out creative instead of a, like a specialist. It's mm-hmm. almost like in baseball. Yeah, we got this one inning guy, this closer. The closer, right. It's like, yeah, you're buns. I mean, if, you, if, you, if it's like two innings, you're done. You're useless. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we're going to wrap up in a bit. Uh, Already? Yeah, man. Damn, I was coming this. Just kidding. I'm just getting warmed up. <laughs> we haven't even gotten past lunch in like a day in my life. Oh, shit. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dinner. <No. laughs> uh, so, all right. So let's 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 get to what does the setup, the preparation for you doing like a show, for you doing like, y'all I'm spending the night, like what does that setup look like? Like technically or just like me preparing myself? But like, uh, I mean, I guess... I'm still a fan of using real turntables. I admire that. You know, obviously, most of the time it's with Serato. I'm not going to bring a bunch of crates out of vinyl out anymore. If not, like, CDJ 2000s are good. We just show up. I kind of like that. I kind of like that these days you can just walk into a club (laughs) with just, like, your headphones around your neck and a flash drive in your pocket. And you just walk in. There's, like, a bunch of people. You're like, I'm just going to plug this flash drive in and fuck this whole room up. You know? <laughs> Don't have to carry no cases in. Don't have to set nothing up. Don't even have to pull your bag out and like try to like make sure your needles are good and like tuning Serato, like the all that stuff. You just plug in your flash drive and start figuring out what song am I playing first. And just like fuck a whole party up for like an hour plus. And you pull your flash drive off, put it back in your pocket, and you're like, I'm good. I don't got no extra shit on me. Where's the after party? <laughs> Are you single? What's up? Just, I, it's so, it's a fucking blessing. I I used I got I had this one in joke with my girlfriend like when I was making, it was like like I I like when I see somebody pull out their shit mm-hmm. and it's like okay, I fucks with this dude like even if he's trash, it's like you at least know what you're doing. So from that standpoint, just visually that you you get you get you get like points for out whatever that may matter right whatever they may count for. But I just remember it was like an influx of like dudes I was seeing. I was saying, huh, a lot of DJ iPads here today. And she, she was just like, I can't look at people when they're doing it because I just hear you saying that shit. Dudes like playing like DJing from YouTube. It's like, sorry. It's like, I've definitely seen that guy. I was like, yo, I'm a DJ. Where it's like, I got two, I got two browser tabs open. Oh my God. And I'm just playing from YouTube. Like, why are you doing this? It's like, you're playing that Nujabest like study like playlist. Why are you doing this? It's like, I don't want to shit on anyone who's, actually, I do, kind of. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm not. I have, like, good friends who I should probably have this talk with in person. Oh, my gosh. But, like, you just can't. I can't rap. Okay. I can't rap to save my life. I'm a DJ. Mm -hmm. I would never try to make extra income or, like, have extra performances by myself. Like, you know what? I'm just going to do a James Nasty rap set. Like, I've already DJed so much in this town, and instead of, like, oversaturating my DJ set, I'm just going to go do a rap set. Mm-hmm. Like, I would never do that. And, like, disrespect mm-hmm. the art of being an MC. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> not just locally, nationally. Like, mm-hmm. there's this whole phenomenon where, like, different vocalists or people in bands think that, oh, I can just do a DJ set. And I'll just get on stage with my MacBook and play songs I like for an hour from iTunes or YouTube. It's like, I'm not hating on your hustle. If you're getting paid yeah. for that, great. But that's not a DJ set. Mm-hmm. And it's a slap in the face to people like me who take the craft of mm-hmm. DJing very seriously and have invested the time, money, and energy into becoming a professional at it. Yeah. The same way you invested your time, money, and energy into becoming a professional MC. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't step over into your lane. Yeah. I don't know why it's so acceptable for them to step over into our lane. That's 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 a major problem. Like, like remember, 
like back in the 80s, right? Which let's mm-hmm. go down to old man Washland or what have you for the people that may be listening. Uh, kind of how like rap was considered like then. Like fucking Rodney Dangerfield had a rap album. Like let's oh keep it God. funky. Like, yeah, yeah, true. And it's just like, yo, y'all don't give a fuck about this. So mm-hmm. I would imagine anybody that is like, yo, this is my artistry. This is what I do. To your point, all the things that you said. Yeah, right. It's just like, this motherfucker? Him? That's right. All right, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I guess a, that's what we're doing. If you're a vocalist out there and you're listening to that, like, before you consider doing a DJ set, remember that last time you got mad with Rodney Dangerfield or, <laughs> I guess, who's doing that now? Iggy Azalea was putting out rap albums. If you're upset with what Iggy Azalea is doing, like, don't try to DJ, please. It, like, Just tell the promoter to hit me up. <laughs> I've got my contract and writer ready to go. <coughs> And if you want to MC during my set, we'll split the money. Yeah, and 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 I'm very. It's, it's, it, there's a line there too, like at least in my head, where you have some degree of like credibility because what you're describing is not someone that's like, oh, I also do this. It's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, you're using your name like recognition right, right. to right. kind of travel in different zones. Right. Like, I admire like people like that try to. They say like I'm like like James Franco, Kanye West to a degree where it's like, yo, I do this. This is what I'm known for, mm-hmm. but I also do this, and I'm as passionate about this as well. And it's just like, yo, I, I'm a creative. Like, yeah, some of the shit that that James Franco does is like, this fucker doesn't give a shit. Right. All right, I'm here for it. Right. And you gotta you gotta take those chances sometimes, yeah. but it's always it's always some degree of eh, so there's always a firewall there. There is. Like, no disrespect to any vocalist or instrumentalist that wants to get into DJing. If you're passionate about it and you're putting the time and you're practicing and you treat the craft with respect Mm -hmm. and you want, like, I have no problem with that. But, like, (laughs) I have a whole laundry (laughs) list of names where it's, like, I've gone to certain clubs and, like, someone's doing a DJ set and I'm in the room and someone's, like, are you playing tonight? I'm, like, no. I don't even, I really don't leave the three block radius of like where I live now because if I go to too many clubs like that and I walk in the room, like most of the time people aren't like, hey, James, how are you doing as a person? <laughs> are you playing? What's, yeah, what's up? It's either like, do you have hot sauce or are you playing tonight? I didn't ask. Do you have hot sauce? No. <laughs> Not with me now. Shit. God damn it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. That's a part of my life, like yep. going out and just like not really being an object, but just like there's that weird line between like people know you as uh-huh. that performer and they don't really know you as a person. Yeah. And some people are like fan person over you or just like they don't really even attempt to just connect with me as another human being. I'm just this entity that they're used to being entertained by. Or... Like you have fame or some, you know, yeah. it's like, I, I, I've seen you on things. Yeah. I... It's cool. I mean, it's a cool ego stroke at times. And sometimes like, yo, I just came here to drink some tequila and watch other people do their art. And like, can we just talk as people? You know, I've only I've only had that happen once recently where someone marked out on me. Mm hmm. It's like, oh my God, it's Rob Lee right there. And I'm just like, uh. I was like, this is West Baltimore. I don't want to get robbed. Like, you're making it seem like I'm somebody. And I'm, a, no, no, no. Trust me, I am nobody. Right. Um. So, so in in Baltimore, you've you've been here for a while and twenty years. All right. Twenty oh, years. People still give me shit. They're like, you're not from here. You've been here long I was enough. Like, yo, I've been here twenty years. You've been here long enough. You're, you're not from here though. You're like, one of so. Those. You're mad at, you have a problem with where my parents chose to <laughs> raise a family. Yeah. Because I didn't get to choose where I was born and was raised. True. But I left high school and I moved here. You're a Baltimorean. Yeah. Okay. Shout out. It's official. It's official. <laughs> Next time someone tries to give me shit, yeah, I'm going to reference this. Yeah, absolutely. Tell them, like, fucking. This clip, like, yo, I'm certified now. Fuck you. Like, East Baltimore Rob. Yeah, mad. Fucking Skirt yeah. Angle, which is a, <laughs> a great name. Uh, so, one of the things that's, that's, that's kind of 
that bugs me a little bit about like this area is shit closes like these places that are geared towards like the weird the the artsy the you know, i want to just experience different shit places just fucking close so and, and maybe this might might help in like sparking like an area or what have you but what has been your favorite venue still open or closed that you've done a set at or that you've done many sets at because i've seen you at various places yeah i've played at almost any venue that you can dj in this town i think i've played there it's a lot of auto bar stuff. I was there for one of my buddy's birthdays. Fuck I remember a bar. bottle popped out. Yeah. No, fuck that place. Well, yeah, it's done now. Yeah. I've been there for years. <laughs> yeah. They ruined a good thing, but it's fine. If they don't want black people, that's fine. Yeah. We can go somewhere else where we're appreciated and wanted. Absolutely. Um, where is my favorite place to play? It would have been the auto bar previously. <laughs> There's some, there is something special about the building, mm -hmm. not the staff because they all fucking suck. Yes. But the building, there's something magical about the way that building is made with the stage mm -hmm. and the room and. Um, favorite place to play. It's kind of in that spot where it's like, yo, there's not a lot of random, at least, at least from the times I've been there. Not a lot of random traffic over here. It's like you know where you're going if you're going there. Yeah. So I kind of like that piece of it, but to your point, it's it's, yeah. it's not friendly. We're not really welcome there. They use us mm -hmm. for our money until they feel threatened, and then they. Yep. Thanks, but not anymore. We'll find some new token black artists that we can tolerate for a few months or years. You know, I've never been to the Crown. The, what? Yeah. The Crown is very... <laughs> I, I like I like the hesitation here. This man is thinking. I, I appreciate it. You gotta be pensive. You gotta ruminate. I've got some media training, but sometimes I also fall back on just being an impulsive person. It's like, yeah, fuck the Autobot. But, um... <laughs> I think you and I, we, we shared a few Facebook exchanges about oh, yeah. something there. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what I appreciate about the Crown... It's a melting pot of just like any anyone, yeah, you know, and it's just it's just so weird in there. Like it's just like there's something. I kind of look at nightclubs and like venues. Like to me, like it's almost like a church. Okay, where like the energy of all the shows and all the things that happened in that space before contribute to how the night is going to be. Okay, like, yeah. And there's something about the crown and the history there that it's just like people just come in there and just do whatever the fuck they want. You know what? They do whatever the fuck they want, but also like everyone is so, I don't want to say incredibly respectful. There's also a level of respect and a level of community ownership yeah. to the people that come to the crown. Cause like, if you look at the auto bar, the auto bar is very heavy handed with their security. Yep. Very oppressive, like stories of like male, male security at the auto bar going into the women's bathroom and dragging women out because like, oh, I saw you going in there to do drugs, like stuff like that. Like, that's a whole violation. Like, yeah, you can't be a man, even if you have a fucking job there. Like, don't go into the women's bathroom and drag someone out. Like, don't do that. Like, who the fuck are you again? That was the shit I was dealing with when I was like doing nights there, like trying to be like, y'all can't do that to the people that are coming here to see me DJ. Yeah. The crown is the opposite, where it's just like you have two men that work security, mm -hmm. like two very loving and dedicated men and it's not very oppressive they're not in your space yeah as far as i know like fights don't ever happen inside of there anytime something that like, gets escalated it seems like people within the room like no 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 we're not doing that in here yeah this is our space we're not doing this to this space like take that outside if y'all really want to do that yeah you know and i love that about that place just like everyone can come there and for the most part, everyone seems comfortable there. There's still other issues that you would have, but I, I was wrong for as long as it's been open and is unregulated. That very diverse crowd is, yeah. it seems like everyone seems to coexist and just take ownership of like, this is the only place we have like this. Please, let's not fuck this up. I've, I was wrong. I did go there briefly once and this is why I didn't remember it. Because I was in there like very briefly, mm -hmm. and I think 
I used it because I heard about it. And I was like, eh, we'll try it. I think I had a beer there earlier that day uh, with one of my buddies. And I was just like, ah, sushi down here? Mm -hmm. And I remember I came back with a couple other friends. And both of them are kind of uptight. And it was some wild shit happening in one of the rooms. And I just remember one dude just descended. Like, this is my line. I don't know. And I was just like, oh, oh, because those two dudes were, were fucking, like, bumping and grinding or, or whatever. I was like, oh, your, homoph your homophobia is, is showing. And I was just like, all right. I know how, how like, I can check out pretty much any fucking mm -hmm. thing. It's just like, all right, is it, is it good people there? Is it booze? I'm good. Let's spin it. Let's do the thing. But sometimes people want to be in that, want to cherry pick what parts of a scene they want to be attached to. Yeah. Oh, this is creative. This is cool. This is weird. But you only want it if it fits your version of that. Right. And it's just like, if it's weird, if it's broad, it's supposed to be for every walk of life, not yeah. just your fucking... Yeah, you don't get to dictate how... who fits, who doesn't fit, or how this works. And, you know, that's, that's, try, that's like the audiences I try to be a part of, because I think mm -hmm. having, like, like a broad, like, swath of fucking tra uh, tapestry of people gives you different opinions and you're able to grow from it. You're able to do an exchange. Like, you know, if you, you go to only the same type of restaurant all the time, you're like, fuck, do you know what this hot sauce tastes like? <laughs> no, I don't. I've never had hot sauce. It's too much for me. It's a shame. So we're, we've come up to our end, man. All right. Let's get these plugs in, man. Plugs. Plug plugs, it away, plugs. man. Fuck. Where plug in, plug out. Pull the plug. So let's give us sauce. Let's give us upcoming sets. What do you got? Well, by the time people hear this, I guess the next set I'm playing won't would have already happened. Um, it's like I'm playing right now. <laughs> I'm playing right now. Yeah, <laughs> the other half of me. I still have my like pop up night at Holy for Holies until Labor Day. So for the rest of the summer, Ooh. every Sunday, ten to two, crazy drink specials. Um, Musically, it's like mostly like a very tropical Caribbean, uh -huh. Latin American, like real sexy dance hall reggaeton yeah. vibes. Yeah. Uh, I do that. First Saturday of the month, I do a party at the Crown called Sauce. That's the way I was pitching to it. People say, Who are you interviewing today? I was like, Interviewing the Sauce Boss. The Sauce God. Boss. <laughs> Lord Sauce. Lord Sauce. Oh, damn, I like that. Um,. I got a bunch of shit on my calendar. I don't pay attention to the bookings anymore until my phone's like, hey. Yo, you got this today. You got to be here today or tomorrow. <laughs> Mail. <laughs> um, even even throughout the socials, man. Where can he where can he check you out? Oh, I'm just at James Nasty everywhere, including Venmo if you want to send me some reparations money. Still, wow. Wow. Even though <laughs> Juneteenth is over, I'm still accepting my ancestors' unpaid wages. I mean, I get kicked out of like the black group. I'm a very black dude. I get hit with, yeah, you're Blasian. You don't count. It's like Jesus. This Damn, is, that's this is not crisp. That's fucked up. And it's like, eh, I thought we were crisp. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, James Dasty on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. If you used to follow me on Twitter and during like a dark period of my life when I was popping off and oversharing and drug tweeting. I've wow. got all that under control now. I'm mature. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter, and mostly I'll just talk about how fucked up politics in the city is and music stuff. It's very entertaining. I promise you I won't pop off at 2 in the morning about ex-girlfriends or current girlfriends or Ooh. any of that stuff that I shouldn't be sharing on the internet. James Messy. <laughs> been going to therapy for the last few months so i don't need twitter to be my therapist oh my god <laughs> am i oversharing right now <laughs> oh no <laughs> seriously my the last 10 years i've been doing this has been nothing but oversharing it's like y'all got a wild hemorrhoid bee like wow like what i did already talk about pooping wrong for yeah. two weeks yeah. so it was spicy good. um jones falls sauce company on instagram and on facebook let me pull up this list. If you want to buy the collaboration I did with the Secret Sauce Company, if you want to buy it, Secret Sauce Hot Sauce currently available at. It's all good. We're I'm gonna let you sauce. know this sauce is very hot. First of all, everyone, 
Not very hot. It's like three and a half out of five stars. Uh oh. Get to that Here deep we Scoville units. Trove, wine source, Eddie's, the seasoned olive, Remington bottle, or Union Brewery. I recommend Union Brewery because they also have great beers. My friend Christine has a ginger sour there that you need to try. Black people love beer too. She's trying to start this whole movement to involve black folks in the craft beer movement in Baltimore. We do enjoy beer. We do enjoy beer. I like their barrel aged rompus room, but yeah. it's only in like I think it's like yeah. a seasonal deal. Yeah. It gets you fucked out. <laughs> I'm a fan of that place. So that's actually. where you can buy the hot sauce retail. Um I'm really uncomfortable by the sounds going yeah, on. Yeah, it's, it's it's an improv place. Maybe someone's just doing Fuck, a scream people. exercise. Fucking white people. What are they doing? Why do they have platforms to do this? I, uh, Can we edit that out? I don't want to die. No, we're keeping that in there. All right, fine. I don't care. It's gonna send you that. Just put in. Just put on the tape. Just just it's here. Just I'll, I'll sample it. Sample whatever. it. It's fucking. Whatever. It's fine. Um, yeah. So that's what I do. I make music. I make sauce. I'm going to put out an album before the year's done. It's mostly finished. People don't seem to recognize that I make music just as much as I DJ it. Maybe I don't promote it as much. Maybe I do. Whatever. I'm putting out an album, and you're going to love it. What about it? And I'm going to release a hot sauce to go along with it with the same name. Because I'm a businessman. So, yeah. This has fucking been informative. This has been great. Cool. This has been messy. I, I know. Like I definitely drank like half a bottle of wine, maybe a whole bottle of wine before I came in here. You're wild, dude. Yeah. So, um. I'm not James Nice. Like, what do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> that might be the name of this episode, actually. <laughs> I'm James not nice. James Nice. What did you expect? So, for, for James Nasty, uh, this is Rob Lee, uh, and this has been an interview on uh, mtrthenetwork.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you for having me so much. That was so much fun.